the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program, weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian Scout through the Book of Books, Soapy Dollar. Welcome aboard, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. Beautiful Sunday we've had. It's um, Father's Day. Father's Day, that's exactly. Happy Father's Day, Jacob. I, uh, John, are you a father? No. 
Not that I'm aware of. Oh, you're on the air, John. Now, <laughs> now, I know your two daughters. I've met both of them, right? Mine, yeah. Jacob, yeah. And then your grandson, Tavin, is often uh, yeah. sometimes on the radio program with us from uh, Arizona. Absolutely. So that's that's uh, that's your claim to fatherhood, I guess. It, you is. Have... it is indeed. All right. Well, then, uh, happy Father's Day to you. Uh, I've got our three and, uh, you know, Scott, Sean, and Stacy. And then our grandbaby, uh, little Will, has come along, two and a half. And so we've got, we had a great Father's Day. We really, really enjoy uh, all. I, I enjoy, what happens is all of our birthdays, so many of them are in May and June every year, our whole family. So we just spend the whole two two months of May and June eating out and giving presents and having a lot of fun together. Um, most of our family has their birthdays in those two months, May and June. So um makes Kind of a celebratory time of the year for us as a family. But anyway, happy Father's Day to all of you out there who are dads. And, you know, uh, it's 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 more than just biology. It's about being a dad. It's about... Actually, perfect. Giving and loving. Yeah, yeah. perfect, because it actually talks about that in Romans that you're going to pick on tonight. I mean, do tonight. <laughs> and, uh, and it talks about in Ezra. Exactly. We are in those books, the books of um, Ezra. Let me see. We finished. We read through the book, the whole book of Ezra this week, we Ezra did. one through four, and then we went right on into the book of Romans. And I think we may have covered the entire book of Romans um, this week as well. So two complete books. And I was visiting with Jacob uh, just briefly before uh, on, on the phone, and then on the way up, you know, as we come up the elevator and so on, we're talking a little bit about. Um, uh, Chronicles and Ezra and then and Romans, and we we agree that we we both feel like there's a similarity in uh, these books. One from the Tanakh, one from the the Old Testament, uh, with with Ezra, kind of reteaching a whole generation of believers from the time of uh, after the time of the exile in Babylon. These uh oh, what is it? Is it? Something like 40,000 have made their way back. 42,300, but who's counting? The who's counting. I thought it was somewhere. No. And so you've got Ezra here trying to remind the people, uh, these are men and women born in exile. They were born outside of, of Israel, over in Babylon. Who knows what other things they heard and other uh, kind of points of view they were exposed to. And who knows how... Uh, although they had Ezekiel over there teaching and preaching, and they had Daniel and well, and others, all those guys. they had a lot of guys uh, teaching and t- kind of keeping them and trying to remind them. But I'm sure something got lost in translation over there. Uh, some a little bit of a sense of loss of the the sense of who they are and God's people and their history and their legacy of faith and so on. So as they come back to Israel, Ezra is this really amazing guy that uh, I, I think he probably didn't get a whole lot of enough respect and admiration about what he tried to do to help the people of Israel recuperate that sense of identity as God's people, reminding them of their history, of their uh, of who they are and so on, and of the redemptive plan of God and their place, their place in the redemptive plan of God for, for all of humanity. So we have that on the part of Ezra in the Old Testament, but then on the same basis, you almost have the same thing happening with with Paul in the New Testament. 
Uh, particularly, I, I, I see the similarity, and I agree with you. Particularly with the Book of point. Romans, because he never visited Rome. Paul never. He he was writing these people a letter, mm-hmm. and it was mainly, primarily a Gentile. Uh, although there were there were uh, Jewish people, perhaps even who had heard the gospel in Jerusalem, but there was a Jewish foundation, a core uh, uh, there. But then, so Paul lays out for the people of Rome. Uh, for the believers in Rome, in these sixteen chapters, didn't, it's one didn't of the most. Rome get, didn't uh, Paul, when he appealed to Caesar, yeah, wasn't he transported to Rome? Or am I wrong? He was, but he wrote this book before he got he went to Rome. Gotcha. Okay. So he had not been there first, but he. Uh, so he gives these people, kind of a, I mean, he gives them a really very thorough, very very complete presentation. He starts way back in the redemptive plan of God, even back at creation and back talking to all the peoples and people groups of the world, even pre, even pre Israel in that sense, you know, he, he, he talks to the human race and how God, God's plan and how he unrolled his plan in time and space and history. And then he came, brought it on up to the people of Israel, to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, he even discusses the unique role of Israel in the redemptive plan of God. Uh, I, I just think it's really, I love the book of Romans. It's very complete, very powerful. Uh, and it's, it, it's theologically, um, there's some very, very key theological truths that come to us from the book of Romans. Things like the old nature, original sin, you know, the, the original sin, old nature, things like... Uh, um, uh, things like the, uh, the whole I, our, our identity, how we are identified with Christ, with Messiah, things about the the, the new birth, uh, some of these things that we take uh, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of Gentile believers. I think Jacob, when we new, read the New Testament, uh, like Paul talks about becoming a new person, and because that we are uh, that we are identified with Christ and we are in Christ the same in the same sense that biologically physically we are all in Adam spiritually now we are in 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 Messiah in Christ and we are uh, we are part of the race and now the redeemed in our in our identity with him and a lot of gentile believers kind of take some of those phrases and they don't under, if they don't understand them they 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 make them symbolic like uh like the new birth is kind of a sim, like turning over a new leaf, and yeah, yeah, sure, you're a new, you're a new person, but I don't think they're meant to. I think Paul is talking very literally. There is a new act of creation when when we are redeemed, when we are born again, that we are we become a new a new person. The old man dies. You know, Jesus said, you know, you have to die to yourself. I die. Paul said, I die daily. So some of these things we tend to take them symbolically and kind of in a spiritual sense, but uh, although they are spiritual, I don't think they're any less true. They're probably more true about us, in fact. So anyway, we can talk about a lot of these things as we get into the review of the books of Ezra and the books of Romans tonight. Uh, I'll give some questions in just a moment from the Psalms and the Proverbs, and then Jacob's going to pull out some questions he's circled and thought would be interesting for us tonight from the book of Ezra and the book of Romans in the New Testament. Now, uh, let's go to tonight. I'm going to give you some questions from the book of Proverbs. Uh, The Proverbs are so interesting. Many of them are often quite humorous. Um, 
If we belittle, let's look at uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 17. If we are guilty of belittling or disrespecting a poor person uh, or or one less fortunate in any way, whether it's maybe educationally less fortunate or, uh, or, or maybe intellectually, they're not quite as smart in the classic sense of, uh, you know, their, their intelligence level. Uh, if we belittle or disrespect a poor person or one less fortunate in any way, who are we also disrespecting? I think that's an important question. Look in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 5. Proverbs 17, verse 5. If we belittle or disrespect a poor person or one less fortunate in any way uh, than we are, who are we also disrespecting? And you know, when we get that answered, I'll tell you about an understanding and a Jewish tradition that should be followed uh, when giving charity. Excellent. Okay. And here's another one. I, I like the animal. There's a lot of comparisons with animals and uh, pictures, word pictures that we get of the animal kingdom in the Proverbs. And here is one. It is more dangerous. <laughs> I don't know who we applied this to, Jacob, but anyway, here it goes. It is more dangerous to confront a fool caught in wrongdoing than to meet what animal? It is more dangerous to confront a fool caught in wrongdoing than to meet what animal? All right. That's found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 12. Verse 12. Let me give one more from the Proverbs. Just one more. Uh, okay. Here's, here's uh, I like this one. According to Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 12. It said haughtiness or arrogance, pride, goes before destruction. According to Proverbs 18.12, pride, haughtiness, arrogance, any one of those you might choose, those precede destruction. What is it, according to that same passage, that precedes honor? What is it that precedes honor? So you have those three questions from the book of the Proverbs tonight. If you want to give us a call, 340-9585, 340-9585. And I'm eager to hear the questions that Jacob has chosen from Ezra and from Romans tonight. Oh, me too. <laughs> what did you do, throw darts at the put oh, your no, put no, the no. paper on the board? Uh, I always like to hear what I've said, so I always repeat it so I get to hear it too. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Is that why you repeat yourself so often? Yeah, is it that, is, because I enjoy what I say. Yeah. All right, are we ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh-huh. Well, okay, let's do your number one from oh. Ezra. Book of Ezra. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. Uh, who prophesies that the Israelis, uh, you pro- Israelites, but, okay. and that's fine. All right. I just say that. I know. The Israelis would be allowed to return to Jerusalem after 70 years of exile. Answer in Ezra 1.1. Ezra chapter 1, verse 1, and we won't tell where else you can find the answer because it would give the answer away. When we say the word prophesied, uh we mean predicted, and we're talking about before before the fact. Uh, Let's explore that. Would somebody call and ask that question? And we have something to share. Who predicted that the Israelis, Uh the people of Israel, Uh would be allowed to return to Jerusalem after 70 years, we have this famous 
we often speak of the seventy years of exile. Yes. Uh, who pre- who predicted that? Mm-hmm. And I always thought that meant that he said it before the fact, before it actually happened. He did say it before the fact. Yes. Well, why did you? Uh, I thought you were kind of questioning. No, that. you were identifying my well. To oh, the, oh, to the I wrong see. Word. I was giving away your answer. Word. I was not to the wrong word. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Are we going to another one? That's number one. You ah. can go to another one. Okay. Let's go to your uh, number five, which is what. Uh, see, I'm sorry. What did the Jewish fest? You got Jewish festival of shelters commemorate? It's mentioned, as you say, and you can find the answer in three verse four. Now, in Hebrew, that would be Sukkot, but it's the same idea. Okay, the festival of shelters uh, or tents or tents, sure. whatever. This, yeah, there are sure. other words that they use. Oh, I know. Yes, I've heard through the years. Sure, you bet. Booths. Yes, they use that sometimes in English. Yes. B o o t h s. Booths. Okay. Another one? Uh, uh, cabinets? <laughs> filing uh, filing cabinets? Uh-huh. Would that be? Why, sure. <laughs> and, and I usually keep uh, all my nails in there. That's why I call the nail okay. file. Who I'm going to get. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. We could call it anything uh-huh. we want, right? Okay. The Jewish Festival uh-huh. of Shelters, what does it commemorate? Uh-huh. You find the answer in Chapter 3. Verse 4 of Ezra. Okay. Now, let's do a couple from Romans because we've right. got a bunch of them out there. Okay? Let's do two or three, yeah. All right. Let's do uh, your, you know, just so the uh, the informed listener knows, uh, generally you and whoever constructs the questions, and then you allow me the privilege and honor to actually pick <laughs> among the questions. Is yes. that about how it goes? That's about the, the emphasis on the honor part. Oh. I like that. That was nice. Okay. Well, okay, you're number one. In in the Roman Empire, freedom and citizenship were precious possessions. But Paul starts his letter to the Romans calling himself what? It's in Romans 1.1. It's an irony, right? It's an, it, almost uh, an irony. I'm going to make a very fantastic suggestion. Okay, but uh, but if I understand correctly, you always understand half correctly. of the people. It's just me not explaining it well. <laughs> over, was it true that half or maybe a little over half of the people of the Roman Empire were actually slaves. I believe, if memory serves, I think it was uh, thir- uh, 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 38.734%. Is yeah, it was very high. Like there were, For high. a Roman citizen, it was like 13 or 14 slaves. And in the Roman Empire, freedom and citizenship were precious possessions. Right. And, but Paul, in spite of that, starts his, letters to, to his letter to the Romans calling himself what? Chapter 1, verse 1 of the book of Romans. All right. Are we ready for another one? I think I am. Okay. I'd like to go to your number three. Okay. And it says, what is the witness God has uh, given of himself to every human being? And you've got that in chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. But I know where it comes from. I do too, actually. So we might. uh, Uh And and I do have a little bit of a problem, mm, a little bit with the word every once I apply my imagination to it, yes. I, I kind of wonder sometimes about it. Don't wonder. Okay. You're right. I, what Your would you say is right? What about, okay, well, you want me to ask you a question now? Or if wait? you want, sure. You're, you're what, right. about, what about the, we think and we say uh-huh. that the unborn child in the womb is, is a person, okay. is a human being. And if uh, a child is stillborn or a mother loses a child or in the tragic and terrible uh, uh, case of, of abortion is, uh-huh. is killed in the womb, okay. uh, is that 
is that person included in this? Uh, no, you're talking. I'm going to let you address the Christian point of view from the Jewish point of view. Okay. Well, Def- well, that's that's well, definitely. That's a question that yeah. you would no, say. No, that's where that's where you say, saying okay. You say okay, then you take a break, and I say I'll do it from the Jewish point of view. All right. Then you continue. But generally speaking, you said yes. Definitely. You do. General you, answer is yes. Gen- from the Jewish point of view, the answer is yes. Yeah. I, you'll handle the Christian. Okay. Well. <laughs> As best I can. Uh, I'm still kind of wondering well, no, about listen, it. Listen, anyway. you're, you're a wise guy. I mean, let's <laughs> face this. You are a real preacher. Oh, wow. And you got a, li- you got a license. You got everything. I got the word reverend in front of my name. Yes, yeah. you do. <laughs> okay, so next one. That and a dollar and a half will get you a cup of coffee almost anywhere. Uh, I think about 210 now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it used rate, to be a quarter. Uh, you know, that was but, a good joke it, back that then. That doesn't relate to the quality. It just talks about sure. the inflation of coffee. Yeah, that's, all, that's all it's a matter of, yeah. Uh, okay, are we going to do one more? Uh, I think you ought to. Okay. Maybe uh, two more. Well, okay. Well, it's awful lot of Romans deserves though. it. It's, yeah, it's sixteen chapters. The guy so took the by time, the time to write. By the time we get to the last chapters. few questions, nobody remembers the first ones. Oh, that's true too. Uh, I'll give you one more just okay. to make you happy. How's Let's that? do it. And here's one everybody knows. You're number eleven. The wages of sin is death. But what kind of life does God <laughs> offer to us as a free gift, according to you know the Christian point of view? In chapter six. Huh? Verse oh, yeah. twenty-three. Chapter, the answer is in uh, Romans six twenty-three. Yes. It's a very well-known verse. It's a lot of well people quote known. it. Uh-huh. What kind of life does God offer uh-huh. to us as a free gift? If uh-huh. the wages free gift. or the consequence of sin is death, what kind of life does God offer to us sure. as a free gift? Chapter six, verse twenty-three of the book uh-huh. of Romans. Yes, and it I says, guess we'll call it. it says the wages yeah. of sin, and I might I reemphasize, payday is coming. Hey, you know who you sound like? No. You know who who knew he made that phrase famous? There was what? a there was a famous who, who, sermon. Who, you mean the one I just said? Yeah. I made it famous. I made it up. <laughs> no, you didn't. As 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 Solomon says, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, just because two people created something originally, each one of them independently, doesn't mean that they both did not create it. Well, you do have a point there, and it's besides the one on your head, you do have a point there. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Billy Sunday. He was a famous evangelist Is back in the right? early 1900s. Uh-huh. He had a famous sermon ca- called Payday, uh, Payday Is Coming. Is that right? Yeah, uh-huh. <clears throat> well, I could see how you could possibly get me confused with him. Billy Sunday. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and the answer we have said. Okay, let's let's answer some questions because we've right. got some good stuff tonight. Well, let's get the phone number out there one more time. Do you, do you happen a, to remember the phone number? No, I was going to ask you, do you have No, it? no, I know it. I just want to know well, if you know uh, it. Let's see. John is holding up a sign, <laughs> and it said it's uh, 210-340-9585. Again, 210-340-9585. Exactly. And if they happen to be calling long distance. Oh, don't worry about that. There's no such thing as long distance anymore. <laughs> anymore? Okay, all right. We won't even put that out there. Uh, then give us a call, 340-9585, if you'd like to be a part of the program. We are ready yeah, to take on, your call. Call, call and especially talk about this number one at Ezra because we got some great stuff that Soapy's going to twirl his hair about. Okay, uh, now are you going to... Uh, <laughs> Twirl my hair about. Yeah, uh-huh. that's interesting. Yeah. is that a Jewish thing? Do they? No, twir- it, it, oh. it, it, it's a it's a it's an Apache thing. thing. It's a it's a, oh, okay. Now, do you have any news from us from the Jewish calendar? Uh-huh. You normally have uh-huh. Uh-huh. some kind of. Did you know that today was the day that? Well, Moses uh, had a. 
wart excised from his left hand on this day back in... How did you know? <laughs> 3,000 years uh, ago. Uh, no, well, I will tell you, of course, last Sunday was I uh, thought he would. <laughs> Pentecost or Shavuot. Now, I am going to ask you this. Who in history, in Jewish history, was born and died on that day? Dun, 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 dun. Born and died on the day of what now, Shavuot? Well, Pentecost or Shavuot. Okay, yeah. and that would show mm-hmm. the man uh, so play the music who again, was or? born and died? Is this someone I know? Oh, very well. Okay, older uh, of the, the Tanakh or the Hebrew? Oh no, uh, he'd be way before your Jesus. Yeah. Okay, way before my Jesus. Okay, who was born on? Do you know John? No, John. <laughs> John, he's he's kind of tuned out tonight. Uh-huh. I think John uh-huh. is. Uh-huh. He's had too much Dr Pepper to drink. He's got. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, well I don't know. Uh, it was David. Oh, our man David. Yeah. How about that? Well, that's kind of interesting. Uh, it is, isn't it? So his birthday was last weekend. Uh, it was, uh-huh. Happy birthday. Yes. And so if we were counting, his circumcision would be coming up tonight since it's after 9 o'clock. Eight days, yeah. right? Yeah, so you want to know what's happening? That's what's happening. Okay, I did. I asked for it, folks. <laughs> I told you there's always some there's always some significance to every day of the year. For probably a number of reasons, right? There are always several things that happened on this day, right? Yeah, well, there always are, sure. Uh-huh. And uh, and one thing I do like... And y'all remember them all. No, That's amazing the, to there's me. people who live their lives recording these things. Okay, all right. And always have. You were going to say something. I was. Before I interrupted you. No, no I, the, the, I have my selection of a dozen different things, but anyway... <laughs> But at any rate, um, no, nah, but, you know, one thing, oh, I was going to say this. You know, one thing that the, I, I like that uh, the Jews do in their services, the religious services, synagogue, temple, whatever, you know, whoever died, speaking of that day, whoever died on that day, in, let's say, in history, um, that belongs to that particular place, their names will be read. So let's say a guy died in 1923. Uh, or that week, that week we'll say, on the night of mm-hmm. Friday night services, his name will be read. So that way he's never forgotten. In every congregation. Uh-huh. And that's, yes, so wow. his name is never forgotten. That seems almost impossible. No, it doesn't. Above all it just seems like a lot of work. I see. I guess it's a lot of work. Above all that knits the community, right? To remember those things. Well, there's our music. I want somebody to call. Almost a full third of our program has already gone by. That's embarrassing. It's We've done it again. We've wasted another perfectly good half hour. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight questions out there in, uh, in the airwaves. You can give us a call, 340-9585, and answer any of those you would like. Or maybe you would like to ask us a question about the Bible, about the Scripture, about this whole idea of knowing God and, and having a relationship with God and redemption, salvation. Maybe you have some thoughts and you have some questions. 340-9585. We won't be long. Don't go away. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. 
Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work, we had got our oil done before. It could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor. Carpet cleaning for the 21st century. 831-3535. Whether you're down on the river walk or up in the hill country, take us with you wherever you go. Download the KSLR app for your mobile device at kslr.com. That's kslr.com. But I know that you're guiding me And the best is yet to come You're giving me hope for tomorrow And I know someday I wake up to find Your glory divine Now I finally rise your feet oh, This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back on the air with you, the Bible Live, the quiz show here on Sunday evening. Our questions tonight have come principally, the ones we put out on the airwaves here at the beginning of the program, come from the book of the Proverbs, come from the book of Ezra, chapters 1 through 4, and they come from the book of Romans, chapters 1 through 16. Each of those books, Ezra and Romans, as we tried to point out, are particularly interesting for their setting. They are they are very special books uh, because of the the intent of the author. Both Ezra, uh, this uh, Ezra was not a Levite. I don't believe was he? 
You know, I don't believe he was. He was a scribe. But Jewish history, not in the Bible, Jewish history records who he took care of until he passed away. That's why, supposedly, that he didn't join the crowd first going back to Jerusalem to build in the, the wall and the temple because he was taking care of a guy, Baruch, uh, Naria. Is that right? That's what the Jewish history says, and you recognize that name from oh, where? Oh, I so, do, because yes. Baruch was the uh-huh. servant or uh-huh. t- assistant. Uh, to- he was the scribe for... I can't say the name because it yeah. would give away one of our answers, right? Or not? No, you can say the name. Jeremiah? You got it. I got it. Okay. And now, so Are Jew- you telling me Ezra uh-huh. was taking care of yeah, so the history? The that- Jewish understanding in history is is that he was caring for him. He was too old to travel. So he took care of him until he passed away. And that's why it took him like 22, 23 years to get over to Jerusalem. And he didn't go in the first crowd because... Uh, Baruch was too old. Well, I've always wondered what kept him and why he stayed uh, back. I, well, that's what they understand. I always figured there was a woman behind it, you know, because usually there's a woman. That, Come on, honey, get can't you get dressed? Or, you know, you, well, it's because he wouldn't ask directions, you know. <laughs> that too, probably. That too. Okay. Anyway, okay, we we've got call, Jared. We? We've got Jared on the phone. Uh, Should we talk with Jared? Uh, well, let's go and visit. Well, Jared, how are you tonight? Oh, I got to push a button <laughs> to talk to Jared. Hi, Hi Jared. Yeah, how are you? I'm fine. How are you, Mister? Uh, you are uh, the Bible expert. Right? Yeah, we are called the Bible Live, and we are asking Bible questions from the, both the the Hebrew Scriptures, the Tanakh, and from the New Testament. I think he said expert, but I want to quickly ask oh. if he said if he said expert. Remember what that word is? X means a has been, and a spurt is a drip under pressure. Yeah, an expert is a man with a suit, uh, briefcase over a hundred miles away from his hometown. Uh, no, Jacob is an expert, Jared. I'll put that on here. Ah, no, I'm not. Don't put me on. Nobody wants to We'll say for the moment that we've been at this what a long time. We give Jared yeah, we've been studying the scriptures and, and being on the radio here talking with people. Yeah. Maybe that gives us a little bit of a leg up well, uh, on the common let's guy. Let's talk about how dogs go to the restaurant. Well, why do you let's, ask uh, if we're experts or not? Let's talk to him. Okay. Uh, okay. Jared is an expert. Jared says we're getting feedback. Is there any? Uh, re- can you maybe turn your radio down? I don't know what it's about, but I want to hear okay. what you have to say. I really do. And so make sure your radio is turned down. Okay. Go. Uh, yeah, that question was uh, I think uh, Jeremiah. Uh, are you talking about the? The question: Which question are you talking about? In Ezra, where it said about uh, yeah. they, they returned from exile. Yeah. Is that right, sir? I that's my my question. Yeah. Well, I think you're referring to who prophesies that the is Israelites, the Israelis, would we would be allowed to return to Jerusalem after seventy years of exile? Is that the one you're asking? Is that the about? question you're trying to answer? Yeah. Before your break time. Yeah. Yes. Ah, and he answered. He said Jeremiah. Did you say Jeremiah? Yeah. You said Jeremiah. Way to go. You got the... (laughs) Great answer. It was indeed Jeremiah. Look in chapter 25, verse 11. Later on in chapter 29, verse 10, Uh we find that it's... But Jacob has just brought up an idea here, Jared, that Ezra stayed back in in Babylon. The reason he Hmm. delayed in going over to to Israel returning from exile, is that he was taking care of a man named Baruch, who, if you remember correctly, and I sense that you do know your Bible pretty well, Baruch was the assistant 
uh, to or a secretary, you might say, in some ways, to Jeremiah. So that it does create a link between those two, at least. Is that right? That's what Jacob says. Okay, listen. <laughs> let's talk. Can we talk? Is it Jeremy or Jared? Gerard. Gerard. Gerard, Gerard from Asia. India, Gerard, yes. Gotcha. Gerard. Okay, let's talk a little bit. Okay. Now, here's a fantastic thought. Uh, now, I, let's give this some historical context and some understanding to make the book of Ezra make sense. Okay. Can we agree with that, Gerard? Yeah, okay. Okay. I like that positive Ezra. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Uh, okay. I want to tell you. Do you do you know why? By the way, it's mentioned in Jeremiah twenty five. It's mentioned in Jeremiah twenty, but it's also mentioned in Daniel chapter nine, verse two. Oh, I'm going to look that up. So, now, but the question is, and I'd like, why? Why is it seventy years? Huh. Is there a reason for yeah, the actual so number? Yeah, absolutely, my friend, my dear friend. Oh, Daniel, what'd you say? Nine two. Ah, uh, it's nine two. Uh huh. Why is there? Why was the period of the exile, Gerard? Why was the period of the exile seventy years? Do you have an answer? Yeah, that's a kind of time from the the, the um, that uh, particular period. They count in time like at a time today. The, this time of People, they count in 10 years, 15 years, that, that. They will count in like 70. Almost they, people, they are long life people that time was in Israel. So they are living long life. So that's what they are counting like after 60s, 70s, like the big numbers. It was, See, in other words, people, what you're saying, it sounds like, is that it was seven, 70 years was 20. the number because that represented maybe the... Uh, uh, the full generation. 1905, yes, 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 sir. What okay. do you think? Well, uh, let's, let's, let's quickly review. Of course, it's mentioned in Jeremiah. He's the one that says it. And it says, you said so. It's in Jeremiah 25. It's in, in Daniel. Jeremiah I've 29, got that verse. Jeremiah 29. And it's in Daniel 9, too, right? He says, you want me to read that? Uh, if you like. It's, uh, During the first year of his reign, now this was back in the reign of Darius, the Mede, the son. Uh, this Darius is the one that put him down in the alliance. Then, by the way, I think during the first year of his reign, I Daniel learned from reading the word of the Lord, as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet. There you go. That Jerusalem must lie desolate for seventy years. Okay, there you go. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with Him uh, in prayer and right. fasting. Uh-huh. Was 70 years happening to do no. with maybe the years that they missed the uh, Listen, I'm going to give it to you. Would you be kind enough? <laughs> so we got Jeremiah and Daniel talking about it. Uh-huh. And, and, of course, after 70 years of judgment. But I'm going to tell you, these guys were not just prophesizing. They were actually doing something like reading the Bible. Would you be right. kind enough to read for me and perhaps the audience? Jerod, too. Uh, Leviticus okay. 26, 34, 35. Say it again, Leviticus. Leviticus, that's over on the Jewish side. I know, uh huh. What Leviticus chapter? 26, 26, 34, and 35. And we're going to start piecing this together and make the story make sense. You mean way back there they mentioned the idea of 70 years? Let's go ahead and take a look. Okay, chapter 26, I'm there. What verse? 34, 35. Okay, chapter 26. I don't know if you have your Bible there with you, Jared, but I've got mine. I'll read it. Okay. Leviticus 26, it says, Then at last, let me see, 
Okay. I will scatter you among the nations and bring out my sword against you. Your land will become desolate. Your cities will be lying ruins. Then at last the land will enjoy its neglect. I, I kind of guessed it right a while ago. Then at last the land will enjoy its neglected Sabbath years as it lies desolate while you are in exile in the land of your enemies. Then the land will finally rest and enjoy the so, Sabbaths it missed. Right. What I want to point out is this. Right there in Leviticus, it's God's law. So people always criticize, well, do the Jews really get Israel? Is it a holy land? See, people, people that do that, I'm embarrassed to say, really are not reading the Bible. So every seven years, no, they were well, to regard not, this, this time of Sabbath. Okay. That, right? There's a word for that called Shemitah. Shemitah. And then there's also something like a Jubilee. It's every 49 years or seven times seven. So... If we actually don't worry about doing it right now, we're okay. short on time. But um, if you, you find out that they missed said 70 sabbatical years, and if you have to count those days from actually um, during the um, period uh, of building the first temple and going on. So if you count those days, you'll actually come up with 70. So, And as it says in Leviticus, see, Jeremiah is not just getting this vision of this God whispering in his ear. Yeah, okay. The law of God said, you shall let my land rest every seventh year. That is so exciting for me to hear. I've always wondered, how do these prophets know these things? They predict so many of these things. And I'm not out, I'm not. I'm not eliminating the possibility of the supernatural. God actually telling the Daniel or Jeremiah. But you're telling that they they know the scriptures. It was for the lands, the time they had neglected. And this is God's law. Uh Uh-huh. And it says it was prior to and during the first temple period. Okay. And if we count those days, we if we go back and pick them out in the Torah, Tanakh, the Old Testament, uh-huh. you will find there are 70. So there's, what they failed to do is honor God's land. So when they were, so what they're really doing is God's reestablishing, as you suggested, uh-huh. establishing 70 years of rest for his land that they failed to honor because it's in the Torah, God's laws. What do you think, Jared? Uh, it it seems to me to have, it's got scriptural underpinning. It, there it is, black and white in the book of Leviticus. Does that add to your understanding? Or do, had you already had you already kind of made that connection between the, the Sabbath days and so on and the 70 years of exile? Yes, I understand it. I understand it. But you, you had made that connection before. I don't guess I. I think I had, and I was back in the back of my memory. Well, I remembered there yeah. was a connection somehow. Sure. sure. And and so what we've got is something very important that we also need to understand. Well, and you mentioned this. Now, how is it that they stopped obeying God's laws, especially as to the loyal land of Israel, the soil itself? Uh huh. Uh huh. And it's because other religions kept coming in. And I'm, and there's a theme in Ezra that we have, if we get sensitive to it, we'll start picking up something. Yeah, continually, right? It has right? to do with idolatry, but it's something worse than that. And I'm going to suggest it's really what goes on even in America uh-huh. today. Oh, yeah. Idolatry is developed for people who want the right to do immorality. 
They must create a God that allows immorality. That justifies their their, immor- their wickedness, yeah. Well, yeah, however you want to put it. So what's happening is, so they been, began doing that. And these new gods, they all have their laws. And so if you idol worship the heart, and it's actually in Ezra, it's a kind of underlying theme, but if I identify it to it, you'll start getting sensitive to it. Uh-huh. It's sort of like if you bruise yourself, it seems like you touch it all the time. Yeah. But you're actually touching all parts of your body all the time, but it's bruised, so you catch it. Yeah. So... What he's actually talking about, these idolatry things, has taken over because they wanted to participate in immoral practices. Yeah, that is a main theme of Ezra, even when it comes down to the, the, the immorality of, of family life and, 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 and uh, sexuality and so on. Remember, doesn't Ezra end with them standing out in the rain? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. well let's, let's lace this up together so the story makes sense. You okay. ready? So at the end of 70 years, we got all these fellows. You know, we've got Jeremiah, we've got Daniel, we've got Ezra, everybody coming back in Nehemiah. Now, they're coming back. They understand that because they had not honored the land of Israel with the sabbatical year, uh-huh. Uh-huh, it's called Shemitah. Well, what happens is this. Now, what are they going to do now? They're coming back and rebuilding the temple. They now have been told that what it says in Leviticus is true. You're going to build a second temple. Now, from this point forward, I really want you to keep your sabbatical years for the land since you're rebuilding the temple. That's why the temple's getting rebuilt. That's why Cyrus was nudged by God to go over and say, Start, let me rebuild the temple. Because the time has been completed and Babylon destroyed the first temple. And they were coming back now to rebuild the temple in the land so that, and now they know to keep these Shemitah years. And what do you think, Jared? Um, as you hear, you've heard this before, you, you, you're saying, I, I kind of get a sense maybe you know the scriptures pretty well. Uh, anything you wanted to add to it or maybe give another thought about it? That sounds right. I, I, I hear about that kind of thing. Okay. Let me I, ask you this, Jared. Do you know why... Now, how do they measure the 70 years? Uh, yeah. That is actually, I'm not sure how Jacob would feel, feel about this either, but uh, what, are, what was the beginning of the 70-year uh, period of, of exile and the ending of the period of exile? And Jacob just gave us a hint about it, uh, I think. Uh, what, wh- how do you measure the 70 years? When did they start? When did they end? They are measuring the way they are measuring. They are starting very largely, and then later on, the people they uh, understand with the children. They take a generation, then they teach them to how to deal with the situation. So that, but in other words, they are in the grand parents are they teach them to right way to uh, handle the situation. Okay. All right, so the, the, we have an educational process going on here. But in terms of these, the number, that's the problem with uh, predictions and prophecies. When you give a number, it's exact. It's The number 70 is 70. Well, and Had they missed 80, then they'd have been in exile for 80. Okay, but when, I'm thinking, when, did the, when do we date the 70 years? And I'm wondering, uh, typically, Jacob, uh, I've heard that it is dated because it's, a, it's all about the temple. And when the temple was destroyed, uh, 585, 583, in that range, if it was built, it was finished in 515, that's 70 years. Is that, would you, is that 
jive a little bit with the Jewish understanding? Yeah, yeah, sure. The 70 year period yeah, is tied yeah. to the destruction of the temple and the rebuilding of the temple? Well, it does take that 70 years to do that. Yes. Yeah. And the second temple, I believe, I believe uh, was completed, I believe, in about 349, something like that. So, at any rate, um, but what, but, so what you've really got is now they're allowed to come back, rebuild the temple, and now they're supposed to honor the land. They've got the message, but they're not going to do it. You, now, you said the finishing of the temple. I, I, I want to clarify that uh, the, the point that I had heard it was from around 585 to 515 because 515 is when the altar, not the whole temple, but when the altar was completed. And we see that in the book of whatever, Ezra, Nehemiah, one of those. So anyway, I, I didn't know if that was something and, you and guys... Okay, so when you come back, that, and then you have your seven years, and certain things happen, like, you know, the slaves will be released, yeah. all that kind of business, and uh, and the land lays, uh, land lays uh, uh, resting, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. when we came to America, actually, the original farmers in America used to always take a year off and let the land rest. That Lay was fallow, as they say, yeah. Lay fallow, huh? Now, here's, here's something that's very interesting. If uh, you know that uh, the year that it's going to lay fallow is the seventh year. Now, in the seventh year, that's in the Hebrew, is called Hachel. Okay? Okay. Now, right. that's this year. Right now, the year we're in, okay? Oh. Now, and this, what, what the Christians are calling the uh, the uh, Beatitudes or Jesus up on the mountain. Uh-huh, talking, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh-huh. Uh, Sermon on the Mount, thank you. Actually, that is a historical event that took place by every king, and it must take place. That also is in the Torah, and it must take place every year during the, the right after the Shemitah year. And it goes up on the mountain, and he reads the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy to and the he teaches the law. Yeah, uh-huh, to so, the... And that had not been done for a while, because at that time of Jesus, they had, the Romans controlled everything. Now, so that was what the Sermon on the Mount was all about. It's really about. Now, catch this. Wow. Do you realize what that declaration is about? By Jesus, as the story says in the New Testament, going out there and doing this, you'll find it actually in Deuteronomy. They're supposed to do it, and uh, but if when he was it understood to be a messianic kind of claim that he was no 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 a claim to kingship or not kings? Did they recognize it? Of course they did. So when this guy goes up there and he does what only the king can do, (laughs) the Romans got the idea, uh uh-oh, this guy's making the statement he's declaring himself Uh king of Israel. And that's what they put up on his cross, uh, Jesus, who yeah, claimed so to be see, when the, the king of the Jews. Fitting yeah. together, it starts making sense now. No. Yeah. Well, Jared, I, I, we've we've talked about this stuff in response to your question. Law, I'm curious about you. What part of India are you from? Um, actually, I'm from Sri Lanka, and by the way, I'm here for a couple of years. Yeah, I'm here a couple of years, and I I read this from, from my teachers. He teach me in some some way long run. And I remember all these things uh, before coming to here, but I learn about the Old Testament, but then, then come here, then I again I take uh, New Testaments, and the thing comes to mind when you're going through with that kind of, uh, what do you call it, area like that, really, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's right. <laughs> Thank well, that, you. Right. You kind of got the same angle. We, we've That's part of our program here, is that we've discovered that... Uh, this commonality that the, the, right. that the, the the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures, lead us right into 
the time, life and times of Messiah, and then on into the 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 explosion of the God's redemptive plan around the world through the, this this greater understanding of what would be called through through the Messiah. Uh, we we've talked about that a lot, and I really appreciate your picking up on it. I, have you, how have you been a person who is? Oh, that's, that's, I have you this way. Then people know something, but they don't I, I myself, I will try to come on that uh, uh, the line and the the border line, so I understand that so many things going on there at that wow. time. So I went to came down here. I don't have a way to uh, send it this message. People there is some people they know. I know I made one. Some people there, the craftsman people who are doing that uh, statues and everything. They say they have. Different situation on there, so that came to me my mind, and this yeah. I have to tell one time, sometime, you know. That's, that's, that's very good your program I hear about, and thank well, you. Thank you, thank you. I and appreciate your calling opportunity in. to talk that. Yeah. Thank uh, you for thank you for being a part of the program. And by the way, if you'd ever like to visit, uh, I would indeed. I'm very curious about that part of the world. I uh, visited yeah. India, in, uh, India at least a number of times. I've never been to Sri Lanka. Uh, but uh, from that, from Calcutta and across northern India and so on, I would love to hear a little bit more about your particular journey. Uh, uh, how you? Uh, how- uh, okay, I I will give you that literally. I was a sailor before, so I work with a the sailor. Uh, a sailor. I like a, I work in the ships in those days. Sure. Uh, my, yeah, my 20s. So I started from beginning with the Greek. And all the Greek Hebrew from that area. So I started meditating and all this area I follow, I going through. And then I'm now coming to here. Then I came, that is something I came to here from there, you know. So that's I, my mind pop up all the time to say something about, you know, this is the truth. I, I going through and go, <laughs> came here and some way. Uh, believable things there, you know. I cannot do myself. Yes, well, it yeah. is. It is fascinating to get to know you a little bit tonight, and uh, yeah. learn a little bit about your your faith journey, how you've come to understand about God, and and how you've come to seek God in your own oh. life. It's, it's really fascinating to. It's always fascinating to me how, to find out how different people. How God finds yeah, yeah. This uh, these things I cannot do myself. I know there is some some something in me and some uh, power, but I can see that. But some power uh, there is to take me to go here, go there, to tell this, that, that. You know, that's all it is coming from. Like in another word, the baby, educated people, the theology people. This, this is a spiritual something there. You know. Well, Jared, yeah. I'm so glad you called us. My name is Soapy. That's like a bar yeah. of soap in English, S-O-A-P with a Y on it. And soap, you, yeah. You can email me. If you'd ever like to email, I'd be glad to visit with you by email. Soapy at thebiblelive.com. That's the name of our radio program, The Bible okay. Live. So give me a, uh, write me a note sometime. I'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Soapy at okay. thebiblelive.com. And, uh, I, again, I want to tell you how much I appreciate your calling in. Yeah, Thank and, you. And could I quickly interject, uh, Gerard, please, I, I would encourage you. I'd love to have you call back again some other time, too. Anytime, okay? yeah. Yeah. This is uh, your name, sir? Mine? Yeah. Uh, my name is Jacob. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm in clear giving on call then the other time. All right, Jacob. Thank uh, Jared. I'm sorry. Thank you, Jared, for calling. Call any time now, as Jacob has said. We'd love to hear from you again. All right. Fascinating. Someone from that part of the world. I'd love to hear 
some of more of his life experience, and maybe he'll call again another time, and uh, or email or something. We can we can well, uh, you know, get just to know on each the other better. Time, I know we should get the Romans listen. Let's just go ahead and answer this other one if we may, because it kind of relates. Which question is uh, it? That number, uh, your number five, Ezra. What did the Jewish and you put the festival of shelters commemorate? And the answer is in uh, Ezra. Chapter 3, verse 4. But let's just explore that for a moment, if we may. Okay, commemorates Israel's, uh, the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, which is which is <laughs> fascinating in a way. I don't know, it, it wouldn't celebrate that, right? Because, oh, sure. Because wasn't that a mistake in a way? The, no. The 40 years, oh, wasn't, that, wasn't that due to a lack no, of faith? No, 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 no. No, okay. Is there any time that we have what we call pilgrim uh, feast where the Jews are commanded to go to the temple. Are there any one, two, or three, possibly? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, what are they, do you know? Okay, all right. Okay, okay well, then. well, actually, that's the third one. Now, if you actually, just so we can go on to Romans, I guess, look at your chapter 3 and verse 1. Romans okay. Real soapy, okay. In, uh, in uh, Ezra. Uh-huh, in Ezra. 3, verse 1. Let uh-huh. me get to it real verse, quick. Okay. Ezra... Nehemiah, where are you, Ezra? Ezra, there you are. Ezra chapter 3, verse 1. Okay. It's right here. It says, In early autumn, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled in Jerusalem with a unified purpose. Okay. Now, Okay, well, I, I, do, should we... Got about the, 30 seconds. Okay, 30 yeah. seconds. This, it actually says from the Hebrew, the seventh month. Okay. What month is it that begins with Rosh Hashanah and then Yom Kippur? The Feast of Shelters in Hebrew is Sukkot, and that comes just after uh, the, the uh, Yom Kippur. So, it's actually telling us that that is... Uh, three things are happening. Rosh Hashanah, then it's telling us the uh, Yom Kippur, and right after that, Sukkot, or the, as you said, the Feast of Shelter. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. That's how the lost get found. That's how the lost get found. I was just talking with Jared here. He called in on the program. Uh, one of our listeners who comes from a part of the world a little strange to the rest of us. And we don't quite familiar with India, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, all that particular part of the world. Um, of course, I uh, had a beautiful accent there that we, we had to kind of work through, but it was, it was fun listening to uh, Jared and his thoughts. And he's a sailor, a former sailor, and uh, who's one who's uh, curious about the things of God, about the scriptures. And uh, maybe we'll get to know him a little bit better in the coming days, months. Uh, maybe he'll call back or maybe we can get some email communication going i'd love to hear from him again but you can call just like jared did it's very easy three four zero 
9585. That's the local line for the Bible Live Quiz Program. We've asked you some questions from, uh, I'll repeat some of those. Maybe we should answer some and put out some new ones. If we belittle or disrespect a poor person, from Proverbs uh, chapter 17, if we belittle or disrespect a poor person or one less fortunate in any way, less fortunate than us, who are we also disrespecting? John, uh, here in the studio, said, you know, uh, he kind of thought of the passage where Jesus talks about, what was that passage, John? Uh, uh, Jesus said something in the New Testament that... uh, what, that which is done to the least of my people is done unto me. And he thought maybe the answer to the question was Jesus himself, which isn't the answer we have down here, but it kind of would fit. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, actually, in the Proverbs, it says that if we uh, belittle or disrespect a poor person, who are we also disrespecting? We are disrespecting God who created that poor person. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a very... Very helpful, very interesting uh, uh, verse, and we we there is no room for uh, you know for bigotry for thinking any person is any better than another person. Uh, I'm talking about in their essence and in their their worth as a person. In fact, is John, you may like this. I have a sometimes when I've um, uh, uh, preached uh, different sermons and, and and I touch on this point, I often say to the people in the uh, in the audience, I hold up maybe a $5 bill. Uh, sometimes, if I have it on me, a $10 bill. <laughs> that, makes the, that makes the illustration more expensive. But in, I hold up a $5 bill uh, to the audience, a, very, a new $5 bill. Nice, crisp, new, beautiful $5 bill. Is this when you're soliciting donations? No, no, this is me holding up. (laughs) This is me giving away $5. And And I say, who would like to have this $5 bill? Oh, I see. Uh And I say, who would like to have it? And boy, hands go up all over the auditorium. Uh Uh, And so then I take the $5 bill and I crumble it up. Yeah. I crumble it up real I spit on it. Oh. You know, I put it on the floor and I stomp on it. I yes. step on it. I maybe put a little tear in it. And I and I I really mess the little $5 bill up. And then I take it out and I kind of undo it. And I just say, okay, now who would like to have the $5 bill? You know what? Uh-huh. There are even more hands. <laughs> because it's not like it, it's not like the number of hands goes down because of the uh the rough treatment on the uh on the $5 bill. And it's a good illustration that just because the person has been through a tough life, or drug addictions, or difficulty, a lot of a sinful life, a fallen life, a disgraceful life, a, a painful life, doesn't mean that I'm getting the impression it was not a successful life. <laughs> yeah, that, that that it doesn't make the person worth any less to uh-huh. our God. He still loves that person and yeah. desires it. I, I love the picture of that. I guess it comes maybe, uh, I don't have the shiniest background myself. You know, but, oh, I don't think, I, I wouldn't say that. But, but you know, when you Your put it out very there, shiny. when you put it out there, you know, uh, illegitimate birth and born out of wedlock and blah, passed around to 16 families, all that sort but of thing. But you know what? But, you know, I was, look rough, how but God blessed you were. Me. God look, look how blessed you were. Yeah, yeah. 
not. And it just makes that point. You know, I am a dollar bill that's been roughed up a bit, but I'm still ah, a dollar bill. <laughs> that's because you, your last name is Dollar. There you go. Yeah. See, there it works. Boy, is that a good story. <laughs> anyway, that's a little sermon idea, but someone might be able to use no, it. No, I, no, I, I, I love the story. Actually, okay. It's a great story. It is more dangerous, Jacob, to confront a fool caught in wrongdoing to, to, than to meet what animal, according to Proverbs seventeen twelve. You want to answer the question? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, a, what a, is a, a bad poor, animal a to person, meet? A poor person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrong answer. Wrong, wrong answer. A bear. Uh, oh, a bear. Yeah, a bear robbed of its cubs. Uh, Not just a bear. Uh, a mama bear uh, robbed of its cubs. Is a, it is a, it is more dangerous to confront a fool caught in wrongdoing than to meet a bear robbed of its cubs. Well, that's two questions we've answered. Uh-huh. We want to try to give the answer to these questions as well. But let's go quickly. Uh, Who would you say is on the line? I'm sorry. Is it uh, Rich? Okay, Rich is on the line. Let's bring him up here. Hi, Rich. How are you tonight? Pretty good, Sophie, Jacob. Hey, hey uh, that question about uh, the disrespect for the uh, poor people. Yeah. And uh, uh, I didn't hear no answer from you, so I'm thinking uh, uh, who you're actually offending is God. You got it exactly right. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, because uh, he, he put him on this earth. He, uh, he causes everything to happen. So, I mean, they're like they are because of God. Yeah, you d- disrespect them. As a as a person, you disrespect them, then you are also belittling the God who created them. That's a very, yeah. Yeah, very good. Hey, uh, I did actually give the answer to that question. Hey, yes. Uh, we uh, advanced en- enough electronically for you to digitally, uh, digit- digitally uh, transport that five through the phone. <laughs> 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 you, you would like to get that five dollar bill? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I, I know do. you are. That would be great. I wish I could. That'd be a. But it's a great illustration, right. isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, it is a. Great All right, I'm gonna let you go. All right, good to talk to you, Rich. God bless you. Have a, I hope you had a good Father's Day, by the way. In case, uh, and, and you too, Ger- Gerard. Uh, maybe Gerard is a married man with a family and, and children. We'd like to. I should have remembered to mention that. Well, we're going to try to answer another question here. If pride goes before destruction, what is it that precedes honor? And from uh, the Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12, and it's just the opposite. If pride or haughtiness or arrogance goes before destruction, it's humility that goes before honor. Humility is such an interesting character trait. I don't know how Jewish people see it or understand it, but... uh, it seems to be a very there there's there seem to be two or three characteristics Jacob of God's people someone who is genuine and sincere in in loving God and seeking God and and and, and even knowing God and walking with God according to the scriptures there seem to be two or three very specific characteristics and one of them is humility there's well, no room for this, pride and arrogance. Yeah, this ties in very well to the first question about uh, don't be mean to a poor person, etc. Uh-huh. In fact, one of the objects, you can't always do it, of course, but one of the objects of doing charity is to give it to a person so they don't know who it's coming from. 
Because if you give it to a person they know it's coming from you, you've taken from them, you've not given to them. Explain that. Yeah, because what, uh, okay, uh, one time I did something for somebody, and this man was from Colombia, the country of Colombia. His, his son spoke good English. I see. And I wasn't going to charge him, and his father kept trying to pay me. And I said, no, no, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And they walked out. The son came back and said, my dad really wants you to take this, because every time he passes you on a sidewalk, he doesn't want to have to look down. And I said, is that why he wants to pay me so bad? And he said, yes. And I said, give me the money. <laughs> so the point is That's is that, you see, you take a person's respect every time they see you because they know you gave it to them. So it's important to help them. Charity, zedakah, charity is, is a good idea. It's, a, it's commanded. I think in the Christian world, it's a matter of generosity. Yeah. Uh, but, actually, but it also says don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It, in other it words, does. Do it, it. it says all that. But in the Jewish world, it's not just a matter of generosity. It's a commandment. So, but you can't take from somebody to give them, you know, if they need 100 bucks to pay their light bill. You really can't. You shouldn't steal their pride. And I somebody not, might not agree with that. That's fine. You no, do it your way. I'll do it mine. You know? a, no, no, no. I think we understand. Even if we don't agree with it, maybe in a specific case. Well, you know, we can't always. But the principle it. of it is is uh, is perfect. I think yeah. the principle of it goes right along with both of those passages. Yeah. Well, let's lo- move to our questions from the book of Ezra. Actually, we, we did answer those. Okay. The ones already in Ezra? Yes. Okay. We yeah, did we did. Them. You did. I didn't mark them out because it, it was it was Jeremiah, uh, yeah. who who originally I guess yeah, originally yeah. no he goes all the way back to Leviticus about the seventy years. Well, didn't see, it? and almost everything that you'll find the prophets do, uh, it actually is some God's law. It goes back so to the laws Jeremiah of God. So Jeremiah was simply counting the Sabbaths. You see. I see. So the uh, seven who prophesied that the Israelite the Israelis. Uh, would be allowed to return to Jerusalem after 70 years of exile. And that was Jeremiah, and it was because of the missed years of uh, not observing uh, the Sabbath of the, the land. Sa- letting the land rest, huh? Yes, and okay. also uh, the 70 years I mentioned, uh, are, I've heard that were measured from the time of the destruction of the temple to the rebuilding of the altar when it was finished in 515 uh-huh. um, the the temple itself entirely was not finished till years later, but sure. in the 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 completion of the of the altar was in I understand in five fifteen, and that that's where I understand at least well the seventy years and were measured. Excellent kind of. choice for this evening's flight in the nineties. Um, okay. <laughs> let's go to Romans before we run out of time. Okay, here. there is one other question. Oh no, we said uh, the no, Jewish we festival. We did that. We yeah, did that. We did it. We did it. You got it. Okay, Book of Romans. Let's uh, spend some time now uh, on that well, book. In the Roman Empire. Uh, freedom and citizenship were precious possessions. Uh, over half of the people of the Roman Empire, or at least half, were lived in, uh, in slavery. They were in bondage I th- to I others. do think it's like uh, 13 or 14 out of every Roman citizen were slaves. Yeah, but Paul starts his letter, even though he is a free Roman citizen, he starts his letter to the Romans calling himself a slave, a bond slave, it might be used if we want to give that specific kind of slave. A bond slave is a is a voluntary slave, one who who is could potentially be free, but they have intentionally bonded them to to their their master. Right. And they okay. there's a there's a ritual where it they It does say that in Hebrew and it depends on the skill of the translator. Uh-huh. I know that this probably did not this this coming from Greek or whatever. 
but it says bond servant. Uh-huh. But it's Eved in Hebrew. And now he's not talking about he's a slave to the Romans. He said, I'm a slave to Jesus Messiah, Christ. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. Uh-huh. So therefore, assuming Jesus did not break laws in the Christian understanding, he did not sin. So therefore, he's a bond servant to a Jewish guy named Jesus, right? <laughs> Amen. Well, okay. how do you get to be in the Jewish law, in God's law, a slave? Slavery is forbidden by God. Uh-huh. And I like that because, uh, frankly, I'd be very troubled if God didn't forbid slavery. Okay. But there's only two ways. I'm just summing this up quickly. Okay, that's helpful because a lot of people uh, uh, don't have this understanding, uh, Jacob. And well, they think, you'll find it, actually. Well, Jews had slaves and uh, all this. Well, and, I know. They'll say, oh, he's a slave. But there's only two ways. You start, it starts talking about an Exodus uh, 21 and 2, I think. Wasn't Hagar a servant to well, Abraham? Well, that's a different. That's Is it different? Uh, okay. So, but let's talk about what it literally says. Okay. So it says, there's only two ways, and I'm summing it up. Okay. In God's laws, you can only be a servant or a servant, a slave. One, if you were a thief. Or two, you were a baseball player. Um, you have a contract. Okay. You have a contract. So if I need a hundred grand for surgery for my wife, I said I work for you for three years for a hundred grand. You give me the hundred grand. I work for you for three years. That's my period of being a servant, bond servant. And now, if I'm a thief, I have to pay back what I took. If I took a thousand bucks, I give you a thousand bucks. I have to give you an additional thousand bucks from myself. In other words, do to me what I did to you. So I experience it because if I just give the thousand bucks back. What I'm really saying is, hey, better luck next time. So, but if I have to give a thousand, wait, if I give a thousand to you Uh that I took, I have to give you a thousand from me. So I experience that. Now, if I do not have a thousand, a lot of people still Uh, don't have that. That was going to be my question. Uh So I have to work for you till I work off that thousand dollars. Now, there's a one catch. After you've done the work and for the thousand dollars, the person you work for has an obligation to yeah, you, right? That's right. You you set the person free. You have to set the help set them up in a new life. That's and while they're a slave, you got to teach them Torah, right from wrong. Wow. And it's actually it's actually laid out. But here's what I want to point out in that verse one of Romans. Now, when I read that, I'm getting something really different. This is not a he's not a Roman slave. He's uh-huh. a slave of a Jewish guy named Jesus. Uh-huh. Well, what happens if you participated? In the death of somebody, how do you pay that guy back? You cannot. So you are obligated for that guy because you helped take his life. Uh You're obligated to him for your life because you can't go to the guy and say, hey, please please forgive me. That's a nice picture. And make make restitution. So what you've got is. Could that have been part of Paul's consideration here? As I'm reading it, that's how I'm taking it. I see. Because now, if you want to take from a Christian point of view, he's saying, look, oh, you died for my sins. Okay, so now I'm indebted to you and for my whole life. Let's I've say that. I've thought of that before, yeah. Okay, okay. But let's do this one. Let's say, and I, when I read it, I'm going to tell you, I can't point and say it says this, but I get the impression that Paul was on the Sanhedrin Council that condemned Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, if he... His part- teacher Gamaliel was, we know. Well... 
Paul immediately afterwards gets these letters to go to Damascus. That's true. He doesn't join right after this happens. I'm guessing that he was part of it. Uh huh. Okay. And that he was a young, rising, ambitious guy. You know, like he wanted, he wasn't God, but he wanted to be a rising young, young executive. Uh huh. And so he, he says, okay, let's get this guy. And then he goes out. He, he wants to be somebody. And he's zealous. I mean, I think he's probably sincere. It I says suppose. that. Right? Okay, so he participated. Now, if you did that, what? how do you pay the guy back? You can't give him back twice what he had or whatever. So you got, you're kind of stuck. So that one is one that you really... It's kind of like, what do you give the guy who has everything? <laughs> oh, okay, but you catch a drift on it. Yeah. Oh, and, and what you give, you give yourself, in a sense, I guess, is what you're saying. I like that. I like it. All all of those comments are pretty helpful. And they, uh, uh, it could have very well have been part of, the, of, of Paul's thinking because he makes the point himself quite often about he very clearly recognizes his role in persecuting the followers of the way, the followers of, of Jesus. Well, you just, and you he's very jog, clear about yeah, his own. You just jogged my memory. In the Ten Commandments, it says... You shall not steal, right? Yes. Ten Commandments. If you go over into uh, Exodus 21, and I think it's verse 15, you'll find like in the King James, actually says you shall not steal a man. Steal in a man, the yeah. In the Ten Commandments, it says you shall not steal. Everybody's always understood that's referring to human beings. And if you look in the next chapter... Twenty-one, fifteen. I think it is. You should not steal a man, make him work for you. You can't sell him. Slavery was a death penalty. Uh-huh. You cannot have slaves. When it says you shall not steal, it's actually referring you shall not have a slave. You can't capture somebody. He's got to either be a thief or makes a deal. You know, we've talked about that before, and yes. I've thought about it a number of times. About, and and I understand that the, the, you should not steal a man, but. It, I could see that too how it, women too, you know. Oh yeah, uh, a human being, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I could see too, and, and maybe this is stretching a bit for Soapy Dollar to say this, but we think about st- we think about stealing today, stealing a person's money, his possessions, his you know, stealing uh, something. But it, even in our modern era, money itself is only a representation of it, it's just a symbolic representation we give of. Of of a person's worth, of his talent, of his skills, of his intelligence, of his like, creativity, his ideas. When we steal possessions or money from a person, we are actually, in a way, stealing uh, from let's his say life. That shirt you got on cost seventy dollars. That's yeah. a very nice shirt. Oh, thank you. All right, now you <laughs> traded, you traded, time of your life yeah. for that seventy dollars. Mm-hmm. Then you took that seventy that you traded a period of your life for there to buy go. the book or to buy the shirt. So if I steal a shirt, what I ultimately stolen from is that period of time of your of, life. A part of my life, yeah. And so the, I can see how you could broaden the idea of stealing a man to the idea of stealing yeah. from someone in a sense. Because ultimately, anyone who's ever been a victim of a burglary, yes. uh, they understand. As, as I was on Columbus Day. Is, it, is that right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, they understand. We were, we've been burglarized maybe, I don't know, four or five times in our long life as, as a couple. And it, you, you feel personally violated. It's like, yeah. wow. I mean, it's more than that. Well, they took some possessions. It's like you've been a part of you has been violated and abused. Yeah. And, and you know what they took from me that I could never replace? I, I, the, uh, things can be replaced. But I had my deceased mother's ring. 
and they took that. And I actually tried to offer reward. In fact, if a guy happens to be listening, <laughs> I will pay you more than you can pawn that for or sell it for. Yeah. Just return it to me, no questions asked. I will pay you more. Oh, there you go. Okay, so uh, give him a call at yeah. Give us a call here at 340-9585. Wouldn't that be interesting if we got a call Boy, from wouldn't you? wouldn't Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is the witness that God has given of himself? Another question here from the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Uh, Paul backs up that far to talking how God has revealed himself to all of humanity. And uh, God has given a witness of himself to every human being through creation. I'm, my wife, my wife's dad, uh, was a, just a very talented, intelligent guy. I worked for the government many years in uh, in the Pantex plant, in the last assembly point of our nuclear weapons for our country. Uh, her dad was uh, working there uh, in that point. A very intelligent fellow, but he also had this great skill as a carpenter. Uh, after he retired, even in his sixties and early seventies, he built a whole house by hand himself, two story house. It was just. By himself, <laughs> just a guy who had the skill as a carpenter. He made some beautiful furniture for his children, for his daughters, and so on. And, but he always put a little bit of himself in everything he made. Like a, we have some chairs and a desk and a cabinet and some things that he made that we have that Suzanne was able to get and keep from her dad. And there's always some little special element, some special design, or maybe he would imprint on the bottom something uh, with all my love, your pops, you know, or something like that. It always had something of himself in his creation. Uh, and I've often thought of that in God has given a witness of himself in the world around us, the creation from the. Well, why, did, why don't you read that picture? verse? Do you have that verse? Uh, yeah. I know we're getting short on time. But. A book of Romans. Yeah, let me read it. It's in the first chapter. Let me get over there to it. Verse 20. From the macrocosm to the micro, from the big picture of the stars and the, you know, the galaxy and all that, down to the DNA and molecules and all that, God has revealed well, I'm himself. I'm going to tell you where I think he's quoting it from. Okay. Uh, this comes from, uh, let me see. I'll find it. I'll find it. Uh, <clears throat> uh, where, uh, let me look 20. 1, 19 and 20. Okay. It says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all wickedness and sinful uh, people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, <clears throat> they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Okay. In the interest of time, I'll just... Yeah. In real quick. I think he's referring to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 16 through 19. Okay. Because that's... Do you have that with there already? No, I don't have it with me. 4, 16 through 19. I've got it right here. I'm pretty I fast. I knew you would because you're that kind of guy. 4, 16 and 19. It says, um, uh, So do not corrupt yourselves by making an idol in any form, whether of a man or a woman, an animal on the ground, a bird in the sky, a small animal that scurries along the ground, a fish in the deepest sea. And when you look up into the sky and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the forces of heaven, don't be seduced into worshiping them. The Lord your God gave them to all peoples of the earth. Ah. Oh, wow. Remember that the Lord has rescued you from uh, the iron-smelting furnace uh, of Egypt uh, uh, in order to make you his very own people. Now, what, what, wait, uh, you're not reading 16 through 19. I read 20. Yeah. I like 22. 
I liked it. I like it. <laughs> well, I know, but it's beautiful. You know, yeah, but what it's saying is, well, never mind. We haven't got time. Never mind. Well, we kind of do. Well, psalm. There's also a beautiful psalm that has that same theme. Psalm eight talks about how the the nature presents a witness of the Savior, the the sun, the moon, the stars, and so on. They speak. They have a language they go out and speaks to of all people all around the planet Earth. Well, folks, thank you for joining us. That's our program for tonight. We appreciate and you being along you, with Sophie, us. thank you, Sophie, for joining me. Yes, I'm glad to join and, Jacob. And I would like Every you, Sunday evening. Yes, and you thank me too, please. I thank me. Thank you. Bible Live thank me. is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.